You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. You're listening to special programming brought to you by itswhereiam.com. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. It's Dr. David Jenis, Clinical Director at Great Minds Counseling and Wellness Center, and it's where I am. I'm guest hosting on behalf of Zandra Pollard, who is on a well-deserved break and sabbatical. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in every Saturday at 7.30 a.m. So I'm here with my colleague, Scooter Moore. Hi, Scooter. Hi, Dr. G. What's going on? Well, thank you so much for being part of this segment. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really excited, actually, to um, hear what you do at Great Minds. Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. I am the clinical director at Great Minds, and I perform different activities for the patients based upon their cognitive skills. So at Great Minds Counseling and Wellness Center, we provide therapy services uh, to adults that may have a significant mental health challenge, um, and and most of our patients have uh, what is referred to as a severe mental illness. So um, you mentioned, Scooter, that in your role as activities director, um, uh, that some or many of our patients have a different level of cognitive uh, presentation. Can you talk a little bit more about that and, and your role specifically? Um, why is it important for us to have a better understanding of how our patients um, process information? Well, at Great Minds, um, I guess you could say that I'm a role model for our Patients and well, you're a role model for me as well. Oh, thank you, sir. Um, our patients, based upon their different cognitive skills, will play different games. Um, some have a good cognitive skill, so we can play Monopoly. So they're interacting positively with other patients in the classroom. Um, some of them just do simple puzzles. Others, they do arts and crafts, which they are very good at. Um, And some of our other patients, they play Uno or some, most of them, well, not most of them, but quite a few of them like to play dominoes. So that gets to help with their math skills and their social skills with the other patients, clients as well. So many of our listeners, Scooter, uh, may uh, think that this is a little unusual. So typically when we think of mental health services, I, I think therapy 
uh, is maybe the first thought that comes to mind. And and usually when we think of therapy, uh, we kind of think of Sigmund Freud, uh, you know, where patients are coming in, they're laying on the couch and, uh, you know, they're, they're just talking out loud. So um, can you tell me like why it is that at Great Minds Counseling and Wellness Center, we are engaging patients uh, to play games? Well, it's good for their social and personal growth. Um, so it's in a classroom setting. So they're just not laying on the couch like as if they were in therapy. So if I'm understanding you correctly, Scooter, then uh, these patients are um, engaging in uh, real-life activities that you or I may do with our families and that these individuals then are, uh, ro- are, are being uh, shown how to interact appropriately with each other, um, how to uh, engage with their peers in a, in a positive way, um, and that what I'm hearing from you is, is that they're learning skills. Um, and that they're learning to uh, take their time and and to wait their turn. Um, and, you know, you uh, shared that in Domino's, you know, there's a certain level of math uh, skills that are used in order to engage in that activity. Exactly. Uh, very good. So um, this leads us then into really uh, to this morning's primary uh, discussion that I'd like to have and share with our listeners um, in, in uh, what we really do at Great Minds Counseling and Wellness Center and that we're providing a unique way to meet the needs of our adults that have severe mental illness. And and we do this by uh, providing what I'm going to refer to as a wraparound model. And and so, you know, Scooter and I are going to share with our listeners uh, what are some of the primary principles that is associated with wraparound services and and how specifically we at Great Minds uh, hold these principles and ideas in our mind so that we can individualize treatment planning and really better meet each patient's needs and family's needs. So, Scooter, if you don't mind, could, would you mind uh, sharing with our listeners what, what is the, the first primary principle in the wraparound model? Um, the first principle is family voice and choice. Okay, so family voice and choice. Um, can you talk a little bit more, like, what, what does that mean? Well, family voice and choice is basically a perspective of the intentional person um, or family member that's in this particular phase of the wraparound. So, okay, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of summarize what you just said, Scooter. So family voice and choice. Uh, how I interpret that is that we are involving then the individual in uh, their treatment planning process so that we're taking into consideration what it is the individual or family actually wants to work on. Right. 
Um, so, so this is really important to me because oftentimes I find that individuals who uh, fall into the classification of severe mental illness um, often are viewed as being incapable. And, and I don't buy into that notion at all. Neither do I. So, you know, I really do believe that many of the patients, all of the patients that we provide care to and support are very capable. And, and so, you know, I think it's essential for us to involve them in their treatment planning and, and really having them buy into what it is that, uh, you know, we're hoping to, to support them in. Um, so can we, can we talk about uh, the second principle, if you don't mind sharing what that is? Um, the second principle is team-based wraparound, and that basically consists of the team individuals agree upon the family and committed to the family throughout informal, formal community support and service relationships. So, so you know, a, as a former wraparound director, and I don't know if you knew this, but I was a wraparound director for five years, and I really love and embrace working from a team perspective because I feel like as a team, we can brainstorm and generate so many different perspectives and ideas in how we can support an individual and family. And I mean, it feels good though to have team members uplift you and to have your back. Um, you know, I think of a, of a mental health treatment team really being just like a sport team where, where we have each other's back, we support each other, um, and we learn how to work together. And, and so I know working from a team, you know, can be challenging. It certainly, you know, comes with uh, some ups and downs because you do have these different perspectives of, of maybe and, – and maybe some of these perspectives compete with each other. Uh, and there could be conflict in a team. And so it's learning then also conflict resolution skills and problem solving skills. Um, and so I love, I love working from a team approach though, because I just feel like um, we do our best work versus working from a solo perspective. I agree. So, all right, moving on. What's, what's um, philosophy number three in terms of this wraparound approach? Natural support. Natural supports. Okay, Scooter. So what does that mean? Well, natural support is our team actively seeks out and encourages full participation from our, from our patients. Okay, so a natural support member. So I um, was first introduced to this concept of having natural supports be involved um, in a mental health treatment team when I was a wraparound director. Um, and and this will this I think is is really um, transforming how clinical services is delivered and how um, it can really truly impact the individual or family in a positive way because we're surrounding and wrapping individuals with people in their community that then become involved in, in supporting the individual or family. And, and so this is huge because natural supports help us have sustainability in regards to the interventions that are coming out from, from the mental health team. 
And and so this is really huge in supporting individuals uh, to sustain what it is that we're working on when formal treatment providers are are involved in the individual or family's life. Um, all right. So moving on. Number four. Number four in the wraparound is collaboration. Team members work cooperatively and share responsibilities for developing and implementing, monitoring, and evaluating a single wraparound plan. Yeah, so so collaboration. Um, so the, I um, actually was called um, Mr. You know, collaboration at one point by a medical director of uh, Child, Adolescent, and Family Services Division that I worked in um, because I was all about collaboration. Ah, it's so essential in helping individuals uh, be able to navigate the barriers in accessing care to collaborate. Um, And even within a team, I intentfully needed to uh, remove my ego and let others sometimes on a team feel like or receive credit for ideas that, that were being discussed within the team system so that we could move the individual or family forward in a positive way. And so collaboration is, is key. It's a cornerstone, I think, of really um, helping individuals and families have connection to the appropriate resources and supports that they need um, to really move forward. And um, this is hard, actually, for a lot of providers um, because I think of ego. I think um, of fear sometimes. Of, of having to step out of our uh, cushy, comfortable therapeutic office and having to engage, you know, with other stakeholders that, um, you know, bring a different lens and a different expertise to the team. Uh, collaboration can be challenging for some providers. And this is something that I feel like at Great Minds, we do very well. I agree. And, and so, I mean, you, you have an opportunity in your role to interact with a lot of stakeholders, a lot of referral partners, and um, it's so essential for us to be welcoming and be collaborative so that we can really build those professional partnerships so that we can um, access the services that the patients need to help them be successful. Right. So, all right, Scooter, what's number five? Um, community-based. All right. So real real simply, community-based is uh, we want to identify clinical services within the individual's uh, community uh, because we want the services to be accessible. And so um, community-based services is um, really where we want to link uh, individuals and families too, because when the formal providers step out and step away, uh, the family needs to have the skills, the confidence and access to the informal community resources so that they can sustain what it is that the family or the individual has achieved uh, while the formal service providers were in place uh, helping them learn new skills like what you do every day, helping our patients um, 
acquire new skills. Um, you do such an excellent job role modeling um, a lot of the skills that we're teaching our patients to um, work on themselves so that they can be successful independently in, in you know, their homes, um, in their individual environments. And, um, you know, certainly that's something that you and other team members at Great Minds do an exceptional job Uh and that's why, you know, I'm so grateful to you uh, because, you know, you inspire me to um, continue to work hard so that I can help individuals in my role as, as a therapist. Well, I thank you, Dr. G. Um, so the next, the next um, philosophy, if you will, within the wraparound uh, model is cultural competency. Um, you want to say anything about that, Scooter? Um, culturally competent. Well, we have many different cultures in our facility. Um, so that that must be challenging sometimes. I mean, having, having this, 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 uh, um, I, I think of like a salad and like you have like everything all mixed up, all the different vegetables and stuff. It is. It didn't, it can be at times. And, and so how do you how do you kind of manage all these like different personalities and and temperaments? Honestly, I don't know how I manage it, but <laughs> I do manage and I'm able to convey whatever message I am trying to convey to the patients and they're very receptive to me. So I get to observe you though. And so um you know Cultural competency is a um, really important component in providing mental health services. And and for me, it's really just understanding or, or being mindful of others' uh, ways that they communicate, uh, that they may process information, that how they emotionally regulate, and it's kind of learning about the cultural norms associated with each individual, and and so there's really no way for all of us to be culturally competent in everything. Um, but I appreciate though the effort that we make at Great Minds Counseling and Wellness Center just to do right by others though and and to provide uh, services in a way that's received positively, that's respectful um, and you do an excellent job with that. And so I'm gonna speak on your behalf, Scooter, because what I've observed you do is, provide informed clinical services um, from a culturally competent perspective. And I feel like you do a well job at that because you manage your own emotional regulation um, so that what I mean by that is when patients are maybe uh, a little dysregulated themselves, you're able to just be present with them and, and, and manage their heightened emotions safely where you're not like responding in a heightened way yourself. And, and so that really takes a lot of um, clinical expertise in order to manage that as well as you do. And you do an excellent job. So kudos to you. Thank you. Um, okay, moving on. So um, philosophy number seven in the wraparound process. Individualized. Okay, so what I mean, when we talk about 
this wraparound model? What, what do we mean by that, Scooter? Well, to achieve the goals laid out in the wraparound plan, the team develops and implements customized set of strategies, support, and services. Okay, so individualizing treatment. This is huge, too. And so this is something that I take a lot of pride in because we really don't provide cookie-cutter clinical mental health services at Great Minds. Well, how could we? How could we? That's right. That's right. Um, We absolutely individualize treatment planning and we individualize interventions. And, you know, we really treat each person as an individual entity and, and that we listen to them. And, and we really work hard at understanding their needs and developing treatment planning that will hopefully, you know, move them forward in a positive and safe manner. All right. So um, philosophy number eight, there's, there's 10 philosophy uh, or 10 principles, um, listeners, in the wraparound model. And, and so we're almost done. We're getting through them. So number eight? It's strength-based. Okay. So strength-based. This is something that um, came out. A lot of literature was done um, determining that working from a strengths-based model is most effective um, in treatment planning and helping individuals move forward in achieving their treatment goals. So listeners, I'm, I'm going to um, let you in on a little secret. Um, Dr. G first was trained in the medical model. And, and so that speaks to how long I've been working in the field. And, and Scooter, he asks me often, how old am I? And I say to him, you don't ever ask a clinical director, you know, their age, because that's just not nice. That's rude. Um, but, you know, I had to learn, you know, I had a transition in this huge paradigm shift from uh, working from the medical model uh, to working from a strengths-based perspective model. And so listeners, what this means is, is that we're really identifying the individual strengths for each participant and family, and we're building and, and, and putting those strengths into the treatment planning so that individuals can experience more success. So, so this really is uh, pretty significant in terms of how clinical services are provided today. Um, all right. Anything you want to say about that? You could tell I got really excited. Um, so number nine, number nine, uh, the, the principle is? Unconditional. Okay. So unconditional regard. Um, you know, for me, this simply is all of us who provide clinical services, we treat our patients and our families with dignity and with respect. And, and this is 24 seven. Um, and you know, today I had a patient that was under a great deal of distress and, um, I got yelled at and it didn't feel, it didn't feel too good, but I, I, I didn't internalize, uh, you know, f- feelings in terms of, uh, like I didn't have any hurt feelings cause I understood what was happening. Um, this person was just having a really tough day and, and, you know, how they were conveying that was not coming out in a very nice way. So then it becomes a learning opportunity for that person, a coaching opportunity for me as a therapist to help that individual learn how to maybe communicate uh, 
their needs or their feelings in a different way where maybe the recipient or the receiver of that is not going to feel attacked. Um, so unconditional regard, just treating people with respect. Um, and then finally, the 10th principle is outcome based. Yeah. So this is huge. So um, we actually have or will have access to statistics at Great Minds Counseling and Wellness Center. And, and the statistics that we have is really going to highlight how we've been able to reduce the number of hospital admissions for the individuals that we provide clinical services to who have severe mental illness. Um, and this is all related to what we're discussing here, which is how we provide clinical services, which is through a wraparound model. So outcome-based, this is really important. We take this very seriously because um, this information is going to be looked at by our payer sources and, and by you know who we contract with that uh, reimburses us for the clinical services that we're providing. So um, having clinical data um, showing the outcomes of the work that we're all doing is, is essential. Um, and so, you know, I'm really excited that, you know, us here at Great Minds is, is you know, we're, we're doing the work, we're doing the research so that we can really speak to um, providing high quality positive outcomes. So for our listeners, um, these are the 10 principles of the wraparound process. Um, you know, and, and we really hold these in mind in how we interface and provide clinical services to our patients. And it's really, um, I believe, a lens that we carry with us um, as we move throughout the day in providing clinical services. And it just helps guide us um, in emotionally regulating ourselves, I believe, at times. Um, you know, I'll use myself again as the example um, where I was getting yelled at earlier. And um, of course, you know, it doesn't feel good. And, and, and having things said to me that, uh, you know, I, I didn't have anything to do with, <laughs> you right. know, feelings. And you didn't take it personal. I did not. I did not. But, you know, I really do believe because, you know, I carried this lens of how we all situate ourselves and, and how we provide clinical services, that certainly has assisted me in being more effective at emotionally regulating and, and, and being a competent service provider in managing the emotional needs, the mental health needs of others. So, Scooter, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and It's Where I Am it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, you know, and I hope you'll join me again. I most definitely will, Dr. G. Thanks so much, viewers. Have a wonderful Saturday morning. So if any of our listeners uh, have a need for therapy services, uh, I'm going to hand it over to Scooter. You can definitely reach out to Great Minds at area code 702-208-2194. Again, listeners, that's 702-208-2194. Thanks so much, Scooter. Thank you.